Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's, the same writer. Then he began, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For thy love is better than wine. Because of thy savor of thy good ointment, thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore, that virgin love thee. Draw me. We will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chamber. The key. That's the key. The king has brought me into his chamber. What does the Bible tell you? That Christ is going to invite us into his chamber. The Bible says that the sun is a representation of Christ. And the moon is a representation of the church. And he says. The king will invite us, the church, into his chamber. So what is he trying to say? Song of Solomon is about Christ and his church. So what is happening to Ecclesiastes? Christ is not there. Wherever Christ is not, is vanity. When Christ is present, you can't call it vanity. You call it blessing. You get it? If you don't like reading Bible, you don't appreciate these things. Yeah. I'm telling you, a lot of people don't know this. They just read. You don't just read Bible when you don't have a key. You will preach nonsense. You will say what God has not said. But when you go to Ecclesiastes, when he was ending his book, then he said, that's when he told you about God. He told you about what was missing. He said, the end of all matter. Aha, look at the 13. Let us hear the conclusion of, of, of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment for this is the whole duty of man. So what is he trying to tell you? Because it was, van, it was vanity, they were not doing the duties of God. God was not in it. <laughs> so he just told you that fear God and do his bidding, his duty. So today, if I buy a Range Rover and I live in 
a 12-bedroom house and you are poor and you want to call it vanity because Solomon says everything under the sun is vanity upon vanity, then I know you don't have Christ. Didn't you read the next one? He said, let him kiss me with the kisses of his lips. His love is better than wine. Did you read that? The song of Solomon is not word, it's not lyrics for re- relationship. Now, it speaks of the, in- of the intense love of Jesus for his church. And trust me, there are a lot of people who don't know Song of Solomon is about Christ. They think, they think Solomon loved women. Go to chapter 3 verse 1. Look at it. You, you will love it. He said, by night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city in the street and in the broadway. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me. To whom I said, saw ye him whom my soul loveth? Who is he looking for? Christ. Christ. So he's lying on his bed and he's, he's searching for Christ. He's searching for the love of God within him. He can't find it. So he thinks his antenna in the room is not working. So he comes out. He's, you know, he's longing for the love of Christ. But Ecclesiastes, the same writer, how can the same writer, think about it, the, how can the same writer say that everything under the sun is vanity, yet he says that his love it means that if you don't find the key to Ecclesiastes, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. If you understand these things, that is my appointment. That is what I've been anointed to do. Prophet Adam said, You have been anointed to destroy ignorance. He said, You are the killer of ignorance in our generation. Now, if this is true, Go to Revelation chapter 1. Let me show you the key there. Those of you that think Jesus is a a lion. Jesus is a goat. Or a lamb, a ram. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, look at it. Now, the book of Revelation is not called the book of Revelation of John. It's not John's revelation. So you don't call him John the revelator. It's not about him. In fact, God didn't even give him directly. God gave it to Jesus. Jesus gave it to an angel. An angel gave it to John. The whole book of Revelation is about Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Look at it. The revelation of Jesus Christ. The unveiling of Jesus Christ. The apocalypsis of Jesus Christ. The unveiling of Jesus Christ. Which God gave unto him. The revelation of Jesus, you know. God gave that, his unveiling to him. (laughs) When I saw it, I laughed. I said, oh God. Do you get it? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Which God gave him. 
So God gave Jesus his own revelation. To show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent, who? Jesus. He sent, and the word is signified it by his angels unto his servant John. Now, I am glad to tell you that there is a key here. There is a word in Daniel chapter 2 verse 45 which this, you know is old, is, uh, old Testament so, so or the other part of the book is not new. So if you want to see it in the Greek you must look into what we call the Septuagint. Now the Septuagint defines signify as the word semino which means symbol. Symbol or symbolism. Symbolism. So he says that, and he sent and symbolized it, okay, by his angel unto John. So when John began to write the whole thing, you realize he saw Jesus in a different way. He saw him as the man in the in the candlestick, okay? Shemesh. He was a Shemesh in there. Now the next time in chapter 3, chapter 4, he began to see him as the lion. Then he saw him as the lamb. Then when you read just chapter 1, you will see that he said he saw him as the ram that has seven horns and seven eyes. But your Jesus is not an animal. So, the, the beginning of Revelation is telling you that whatever, all the things you are going to read are symbolisms. They are not reality. They are symbolisms. They are symbolisms of Christ. That is why I love songs like the Lamb of God. But it was a symbol of who Jesus is. Today, he is the original. I don't say the Lamb of God. Because the reality has come. Can you see that? Because the whole thing is revelation. Revelation of Jesus. Has he been revealed? Yes, sir. So I don't see Jesus as the lamb. Yes, I don't see Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes, sir. Can you see this? Yes, sir. <laughs> Go on. Who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ? Oh, say Jesus Christ. Jesus and all, Christ. And of all the things that he saw. Go on. Blessed is that he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Now that you understand that the book of Revelation is about symbolisms, can we just jump to chapter 4 from verse 6 to 7? And let's look at some of the symbolisms that represent Christ. Remember, we are talking about why there is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why would they write four Gospels? I don't know who termed it Gospel. I will check whether the original is Gospel. Because it is not Gospel. 
technically, it is not gospel. Because it speaks of the story of Christ. It never speaks of righteousness. You see? Anyway, but please, if you are technical in the Bible, you understand what I'm trying to say. That's why I said we'll find out who named it gospel. Whether it was the writers that named it gospel. But actually, the gospel started from act. <laughs> you see. But let it, let it be. Don't go and challenge anybody. You see, there are some truth when you know it's for yourself. I don't need to argue. Now, what is the gospel? You see, one technical hand, the gospel is Jesus. But it is more beyond Jesus. The gospel is about Jesus and his finished work. That's the gospel. Too good to be true. What is too good to be true? That he died and he was raised. That if I only believe in him, my sins forever is forgiven. This is gospel. And then in his death, you receive righteousness and you become like him. This is gospel. But when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, it only tells you an end when he was raised. This is me. You can choose not to. That's not part of it. <laughs> One day I was praying and I saw myself in a panel, on a panel. I think it was on TV or like globally. And I saw myself pacing up and down. And they were asking questions. And I, I was answering. <laughs> And before the throne, can I go, for, go to four? I'm going to show you something here. You ready? Yes, sir. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. That means twenty-four seats. And upon the seat, I saw four and twenty elders sitting, twenty-four elders, clothed in white raiment, and they had, do you know what the twenty-four elders do? Do you know their role? Their role? Find it, find it. You read the Bible, you just you don't ask questions. Ask the Holy Ghost. Go and ask some pastor. Oh, I'm your pastor, so you ask me. Okay, so there are some matters in the spirit. Assuming somebody goes to pour libation and curses you and call you and blah 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 blah. blah. They don't just agree on matters though, because they say you are wrong. These elders, that's their, that's their elders. So they sit together and they rule over, there's like a council, they rule over the matter. And if the matter must be escalated, escalate. Okay, so these 24 elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had on their foreheads crowns of gold. Go on. And out of the throne proceeded lightning and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lambs of fire. Hmm. burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Please, God doesn't have seven spirits. God has one spirit, his manifestation. 
And these seven spirits is what Isaiah spoke about in Isaiah chapter 11. The spirit of the Lord. The spirit of counsel. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of... Okay? So don't go around saying, I have only one spirit. I'm left with six. No, it is one spirit. It is, it is just one spirit. It's one spirit, okay? Okay. And before the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings, and in the midst of the throne, look at the name, in the midst, in the midst of the throne, in the midst of the throne, in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne were four beasts, full of eyes before and behind. So it gives you an idea of who is in the midst. Now let's look at who is in uh-huh. Go on. The first beast was like a lion. And the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had the face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. This is the face of Jesus. He is the man in the midst. <laughs> he is the man in the midst of the throne. He is the same man in the midst of the chemesh, of the, the, the menorah, the lamp. Okay. Now, I said you should show me the picture in the temple. So when God was asking them to draw the temple, he showed you the man in the midst. And the curtain that tore was his flesh. The curtain that tore was the flesh of Christ. Now, these emblems, the one you just read in Revelation 4, God gave two men his wisdom. Two men called Aholiab and Bezalel. And they wove into this curtain what they have not seen. That's what we call inspiration. Theonistos. That's how the Bible was written. <laughs> He breathed unto them wisdom and they began to weep. They didn't draw, they wove. So they wove a lion, they wove an ox or a calf, they wove a face of a man, and they wove an eagle. Now, see, this pattern is mounted on four foundations. It must be four. You understand now, right? It must be four. Look at the holy place. There are four things there. The curtain, the table of and the showbread, the menorah. Four. The shape of the tabernacle. Four. Four, four, four. Are you ready? Go to Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 10. As for the likeness of their faces, therefore had the face of a man. Now, the one you saw in Revelation, it was four different entities with different faces. So, you see a being with the face of a man. You see another being with the face of an eagle. You see another, okay, but in the book of Revelation, they are still here. Uh, sorry, Ezekiel. Let's start from five. Also out of the, you see? Yes, out of what? Yes, okay. 
All right. Also out of the mist, therefore, that's what you saw in Revelation, came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. And everyone had four faces. So their appearance was like a man. But their faces were four. The appearance of a man. But the faces was, were four. And everyone had four wings. And their feet were straight feet. And their soul, of, the soul of their feet was like the soul of calf's foot. What is this? What does this mean? In Leviticus chapter 1, the Bible began to tell you of animals that are clean and holy. And the animals that are clean and holy, he said they should have two things. They should be able to chew cut. And then their feet should be straight with hoofs divided. That's what you see. So, <laughs> so he's just trying to tell you that these living creatures are holy creatures. But he didn't put the word holy. He described. So if you don't read the Bible, you will never find. You'll be thinking, you'll imagine animal. Have you ever asked yourself why the feet of Jesus is like brass? Why his hair is white, his eyes red like fire, and why his feet is like burnished brass? They are all symbolisms. And you find all this meaning in the Old Testament. Be glad I'm going to the Old Testament bringing to you. <laughs> Otherwise, you are reading the book of Revelation. Imagine you are reading this one. You, you, you are picturing ah, a man, but leg like out of what? Calf. Calf. So it speaks of holy, holy creatures. So they were holy. That's what he means. Okay? And they sparkled like the color of just like the feet of Jesus. So if you have never seen burnished brass, you will never understand. He said, and I saw Jesus and his hair was as white as wool and his eyes as red as fire and you know his feet was you know like burnished brass you need to understand now look at it they don't have the burnished brass they are sparkling so what are they doing they give off Christ they shine forth Christ so when these beings appear they sh it's not about them the, the existence of these living creatures is not about them. First of all, I'm coming to show you that there are four faces you see is the face of Christ. There's nothing about them that is them. There's, the eyes that you saw are the eyes of Christ. That tells you of his discernment and his prophetic insight. The horns you see speaks of his authority on all matters. So the Bible was able to mention seven. He used the word seven. Not billion, seven. Which means full, complete. Full authority. Full discernment. That is our God. Can you see that? So these living creatures, they give of Christ. What of Christ do they give his feet? So you see, if you're a good Bible student, you go and find out what the feet is. Then you understand how beautiful are the feet of them that preach his word. Then you understand why he had to wash their feet with water. <laughs> 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 
Sometimes know these things for yourself. There are some things I, I will never tell you. I just know them and I put them in my heart like, like Mary. You keep the matter into your heart and you praise God for this knowledge. That's a, there's a message when I teach. I said they shouldn't post it. It's not necessary. When some, there's a message when it comes out, they will talk because they don't understand. I told you on, Friday, on Wednesday that God's purpose for Israel and Moses was not to divide the water, the sea. That's not his purpose. That's not the original purpose. Moses, Moses with his ignorance, chose that part. Because when you read the Bible, God didn't say divide the sea. God said move forward. He saw, he saw the sea. God wanted Moses to walk on the water like Jesus came to show. And, and, and Elijah learned from Moses. Elisha also learned from Elijah. So when they saw the water, all they knew is that human beings walk on the ground. So, they wanted, so the sea was looking at them. But when Jesus came, the same sea, not grass. Jesus moved forward on the water. Can you see? Now remember, Jesus is the fulfillment of all the story. If you want to understand God's purpose and intent, look at Christ. You will understand what it ought to be. When you see Jesus, you see Adam. Who God wanted Adam to be. <laughs> Can you see that? And I told you that when this matter go out there, people will be like, hey, what are you saying? Hey, some false prophet. And some and then after some years, they will understand. Be like, ah. Who says God wants you to walk on the ground? He's too low. Not to make you walk on water. But he came to show. He walked on the water. When you read your Bible, the Bible says that when they got to the edge of the, of the, of the river, that's when Moses' revelation came. The Egyptian you see today, you will see no more. You will see the hand of God. Today, hey, God, God said, hey, Moses, what are you doing? He, he said, what are, you, what are you doing? Move forward. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand still and, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptian whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. You know, Revelation. He said, the Lord shall fight for you and he shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, wherefore criest unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they not divide the sea. So the point is, if they had believed and they knew who God was, the God that showed the plagues, they would, they, you see, Jesus came and showed us. That's why Peter was able to walk on the same water. Because you think Jesus was God's son. And so he can walk on water. So he asked Peter, he said, you to come. God, you see, read the Bible and get God's original intent. So I told you, the word of God carries his intent, his purpose, his originality, his behavior, his character, his agenda, his purpose, his life, his light, his healing, his health, his prosperity. This word of God we preach. Peter walked, he said, come, Peter, come. And Peter began to, Peter also walk on the water, the same water Jesus but because Peter's mind is not renewed and he knows that man does not walk on water 
The Bible says that when he saw the boisterous wind, he began to sink. Which means that he was used to the ground. He was uncomfortable. You see, the reason why you must stay close to the Holy Spirit and to God is because there are some dimensions he might take you. You will be uncomfortable. Because you are not used, you are used to fleshy things. Imagine the Lord says, go through this wall. You say, Abba, there is door, Lord. Said, Lord, there is, I see door. Because you are used to going through doors. But when Jesus was, was, was raised from the dead, he never went through any door. He appeared and disappeared. That was a life. Are you getting something? And they had the hand of a man under their wings on their foresight. And therefore had their faces and their wings. Okay. Go on. Their wings were joined one to another. I think I've taught on this before. They turned not when they went. They went everyone straight forward. Straight forward. I've taught on that one too. And Isaac became wax great. And he moved forward. God is not a God of retrogression. He's a forward moving God. That is why the first time you saw the Holy Ghost in the Bible, he said, and the Spirit of God moved. So you can't have the Holy Ghost and say you have a stagnant life. You don't know whom you have believed. <laughs> okay, go on. Ten. And that's the thing. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man. So, all the four of them, they all had face of a man. And the face of a lion on the right, east. That's on the right. And they four had the face of an ox, West. And they all had face of an eagle. Where is this one? On the north. And the face of a man is in the south. So, let me tell you why the gospel was written. In Revelation 4, the first, go back there, the first being that you saw was what? The lion. The first beast that we see is the lion. And the second is the calf or the ox. Okay? Yes, now, this lion is a representation of Judah. Remember in Numbers chapter 10, he said when the trumpet is blown, the first tribe should be who? Judah. From where? East. Okay? Yes, sir. Huh. This is the book of Matthew. Matthew, because the emblem of Judah was a lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. So the emblem of Judah was lion. So when you read the Bible, <laughs> the book of Matthew, you see Jesus ascribed as a king. They ascribe him to him as king of the Jews. That is why I showed you when they were calling him master, 
Do you see the words they use in Matthew chapter 8? They say, Master, save us, we perish. That is the, the plea of his people to a king. So go and read the whole book of Matthew. You will see Jesus seen as a king. You will not see Jesus ascribed as a king in Luke, Matthew, uh, Mark, and, and John. You don't see him like that. Only the book of Matthew ascribe him as a king. So if you read the book of Matthew as Luke, you will not see Jesus properly represented. I'm going to go in. Don't worry. Now, the genealogy that Matthew mentioned gives you an idea of what I'm talking about. In Matthew chapter 1, he began to talk about the, genera- look at it, the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, Jacob begat Judah and his brethren. And Judas begat Pharez and Zara and of Tamar. And Pharez begat Esrom and Esrom begat Aram. And Aram begat Abinadab, Aminadab. And Aminadab begat, somebody has asked me to give him a name. I'll give him Aminadab. And Aminadab begat Nasan. And Nasan begat Salmon. And Salmon begat Booz of Rakab. And Booz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat the king. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny-L Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.